Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think. Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. Ah, oh, another fine day in the studio. Yes, it is actually lovely downtown Martinez. Yes, my 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 home away from home. <laughs> yeah, up, away from home, up home, home. So I guess it's about five removed, but still. Yeah, you're you're quite the world traveler. You were just yeah. uh, in in lovely Bangor. Yes, Bangor, the home of Stephen King. And uh, you and Steve hang out? No, not this time. Uh, no, no. And uh, listen, I guess you know it's my first trip to Bangor, really. So I guess you know, not this time. Still not this time, but uh, hopefully sometime we, uh, in the future, get a chance to have a beer with him or something. Yeah. Or you know, being Stephen King, you know, who knows exactly what we're Steve doesn't hang at your house. No. When he's out this way, uh, hasn't hasn't called. Uh, well, he's yeah. he's busy with uh, probably all the. Yeah. Hollywood types and yeah, he just drops off. The he's probably dog. staying at Push's house. Yeah, there you go. Everybody else does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, great time there in Bangor. Um, rained like cats and dogs on Friday, mm-hmm. first day of the music festival. They have a really nice music festival there. It's called the Kabang Fest, and uh, <laughs> they had like seventy different bands from all over the Eastern Seaboard. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of discovery kind of music festival. So. Mm-hmm. Um, great bands, but you know, you just, you don't hear them on the radio much. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, but it was really good, but you know, these poor bands are standing there, it's raining, it's 60 degrees and there's like a dozen people, you know, out in raincoats watching them. Mm. But then Saturday was a beautiful day mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the place was full then. Mm. But uh, yeah, great festival. I'm looking forward to going back sometime. Cool. Yeah. That sounds like a wonderful time. Do they have beer there? Oh yeah. They had, they had, they had the beer fest and, uh. Oh, a dozen dozen different craft brewers from from Maine and uh, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. um, and you know, well, I also, they also had Sierra Nevada pouring there, mm-hmm. and Gang, um, but then a lot of a lot of local favorites like uh, oh, Basker, Baxter, and uh, Gians, and um, oh, it's Sibago. Mm-hmm. And you've also Lots. started up a uh, a consulting business, a brewery consulting business. Uh, well, yeah, I'm I'm attempting. Were you to, out there for consulting business with a brewery, or just for uh, no? Uh, for this, I was the strictly, famous famous person uh, tour. Or? Yeah, this this was strictly a famous person kind of tour. Uh-huh. I was the keynote speaker at their uh, at the beer fest mm-hmm. and gave a short history of American uh, craft brewing, mm-hmm. um, kind of what shaped America's taste in beer um, and beer perception um, mm-hmm. up through uh, Prohibition and into the you know recent, recent history. <laughs> and uh, so it was well-received, and uh, there's certainly the beers there in, in Maine are um, the equal of any here in California. I mean, there are mm-hmm. some really good IPAs, double IPAs, triple IPAs, such as we're having today. I mean, it's uh, real, quite tasty. Nice to hear, nice to hear. Uh yeah, today we're uh talking with Ken from Device Brewing about uh what it takes to get your nano off the ground and and uh we did the the previous show, we talked about kind of the before the implementation thing, well, you know, all the stuff you need to do before you really, you know, put uh drop one of of beer in the into the uh, fermenter. And uh for this show, I want to talk about uh, kind of the implementation. You know, now you, you've, you've found your building, you've filed your paperwork. You know, here's here's your nitty gritty. Getting started, the you know the whole thing rolling. Uh, you know, getting beer fermented, getting beer out there. Uh, where did you go? You've 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 got your uh, 
your paperwork filed uh how do you how do you go from there now you got abc approval quickly you got your ttb approval you've got your lease you got your building when did you order your equipment when when did you decide to do that i i would be hesitant to order equipment without a, a building and everything else in place yeah i didn't order anything until i had the building okay um i had a lot of models a lot of different um configurations of different you know size brew brew houses i was looking at um three barrel brew houses um i briefly looked at at larger and realized mm-hmm. i was way out of my price range mm-hmm. um because you had budgeted thirty thousand for the whole thing to get started is that right. correct that's correct yeah uh really the next step was was to start getting equipment in there start piecing everything together um, there still was, even though uh, there was quite a bit of infrastructure in that building, there was still quite a bit of work to be done mm-hmm. in the building to suit it to my needs. And uh, so, you know, before anything was in there, I went in. First thing I did was I just cleaned everything up, got a fresh coat of paint on the all walls. All the dead rats out of there. And you know, clean out all the dead rats. Cockroaches. Get, get the place cleaned up and uh, get a fresh coat of paint on it. I mean, and, anything that was used for food service... It's been sitting a while, probably full of cockroaches and oh, yeah. and yeah. rat droppings. Yeah, we saw we saw a couple uh, couple dead cockroaches, um, not as many as I might have expected. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, actually, I have a neighbor who is uh, an exterminator came by and sprayed, oh. and <laughs> haven't seen go. any since. So there you go. Uh, that's been yeah. good. But uh, at any rate, you know, really getting in there and getting it cleaned up, and, and really making sure all the facilities work, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that that walk-in cooler worked. Uh, you know, the gas, the hot water heater, all those those very important things that are that I don't want to have to deal with later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what, what kind of criteria did you use for um, for buying your equipment, and what did, what did, when you envisioned you know your brewery and how much money you had to spend? Uh, what what kind of things were you thinking? Well, for the fermenters, it, there was only one choice, and that was plastic. Mm-hmm. There's just no way around that. Oh, uh, okay. If you want to, you know, are you I, going with three barrel fermenters? Correct. You have three barrel. They're about 115 gallons. Uh, give me a little bit of headspace. Um, you know, one fermenter, plastic, shipped about $500. Uh. Now, that's not outfitted with any of the fittings, uh-huh. Uh-huh. which pretty much doubles the price. But uh. but you go get the comparable, even even a single, uh, you know, non-jacketed, but a single wall uh, stainless steel fermenter, uh-huh. you're, you're looking, you know, several thousand dollars for the same uh-huh. same size fermenter from... From one of the uh, one of the sources. Okay. So you know the criteria was you know I had to go with plastic, and so then became kind of the engineering feat of okay well how am I going to uh, temperature control these? Uh-huh. Okay. Right. And that's really where I think the, the internet is, re- is your friend. I mean the internet's your friend through all of this, but you know getting on the uh, the forums, seeing what people are doing. There's a lot of nanobreweries out there. There's a lot of people doing very very clever things. Uh-huh. And so then at that point it was a matter of designing that system. That was one of my biggest concerns. Um, because you know temperature control during fermentation is that's really key. Yeah, that's huge. And if you you know if you have uh, a system that's not very reliable, then your beer is going to suffer. And so I was you know really looking into how am I going to to build these things? What materials am I going to use? What equipment am I going to use? How am I going to insulate it? How am I going to control it? How am I going to crash it? Mm-hmm. These are all very important questions that need answering. Hmm. So what what did you come up with? Well, what I built was uh, my friend Jack uh, helped me build uh, the boxes out of light gauge uh, steel studs, and we built up a four by four footprint by eight feet tall. And on the top, uh, we installed uh, some window air conditioning units, eight thousand BTU. Um, our friends at Coolbot did the calc on our size okay. and said, "This is the this is the, the the size air conditioning unit you want." I was looking at a smaller one, hmm. and they said, "No, eight thousand BTU is what you want, and uh, R twenty insulation." Okay. So, you know, I've got four and a half inches of rigid foam insulation inside. Uh, it's got some uh, sheathing on the outside just to add some kind of a some rigidity to it. Uh-huh. And those were no easy tasks to build. Those were well over a month and a half of just work on getting those right. Wow. And but it was important to me to get that right because that's where the beer ferments, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And I I can't afford stainless steel and glycol. Right. Well, and you know, the the thing I found is, um, 
you know, every time I'd look at the price of something and I'd say, God, I can't afford that. You know, I've got a cheaper way to do that. I can do it myself. And then you look at the time involved and, you know, the, the sooner you get brewing, the cheaper it was. And I've been telling everybody, you know, building out this, this, this new facility that we did, the sooner we fill that facility up to capacity, the cheaper it was to build. The longer we take oh, to yeah. do that, the more expensive it was. Yeah. So I need to, you know, ramp up capacity, you know, rapidly. And, um, you know, that's something that I think, you know, people don't take into account because you're always looking like, I could save a few bucks. I can, you know, and I, I'm sure it crossed your mind, you know, the amount of labor you put into it. Could you have just done some, you know, side job, you know, for, for your regular career, made some money and then, you know, uh, paid for something else. You know, sometimes, uh, I think, uh, I think we, we try and save money by doing a lot of stuff ourselves and sometimes it doesn't pay off. Yeah. I would like to have a lot of that time back. Yeah. That would have been nice. And you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, I was working 50 hours a week on my day job through all this. And it was only uh, about a month and a half ago that I went to a to a halftime status oh, at wow. 20 hours a week. And um, I certainly could not do this with a full-time job. You can't, you just can't do it. You almost can't do it with a part-time job as well. Right. But but the, the reality is a full-time job. A brewery is a full-time plus. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not, you're not going to leave your 40-hour-a-week job, open a brewery, and work less than 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Right. You're going to work 60 hours a week. You're going to work 70, maybe more. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, and then the thing that I think that people don't necessarily understand is, uh, is that when you own your own business, it, the, the, the switch is never off. Mm-hmm. You yeah, never punch out and forget about it till the next day. Mm-hmm. That, that goes away very quickly. Yeah, I was uh, on, on the drive out to the brewery today, I was wondering to myself, when it would be that there would be a time when everything was running well on its own and didn't really require my input and and was generating you know enough revenue where I could do something other than stress about the brewery all day long. And I was wondering when that would be in it, and and the answer in my mind was, well, it may never be. Yeah, I um, mean, you look at Ken Grossman at Sierra Nevada; he's in there every day, and he, mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, that is still full time for him. Yeah, uh, it's it's something else. It's a lot of work. Even when, and you know, it doesn't matter big or small. I think all that is still there. Doesn't yeah. matter. Well, when you're sourcing equipment as well, you know, one of the mm-hmm. things you want to to think about is there are more, multiple sources for everything. Typically, uh-huh. you know, don't forget that there is not just one place to get something. You know, maybe your maybe your um, threaded adapters for your tri clamps are cheaper here, but mm-hmm. your hose barb adapters are cheaper over there, mm-hmm. and your butterfly valves are cheaper at this place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no shame. There's no shame in shopping around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, multiple sources. There's a lot of good suppliers out there. It's hard to find some of them. You mm-hmm. know, it's not it's not as easy as you might think. Mm-hmm. And you're certainly not going to find much of that stuff on you know on Amazon. And right, specialty mm-hmm. specialty items, and they're you know. Although it's funny, I was able to get uh, some stainless parts off of Amazon. Nice uh, Prime shipping, so it came within two days for free. And then <laughs> um, one of them, the threads were messed up on one of them. I'm like, oh my god! So I filled out the thing to send it back to Amazon, and it just responded. It's like you're a good customer. Don't worry about it. We'll send you another one. Uh, just keep the other piece. Don't send it back. I'm like, oh, okay. So I thought that was interesting. So you know, check out all the all the the spots, all the possible prices. Uh, like you're, like Ken saying, uh, yeah, I found the same thing. You know, I'd, I'd be ordering fittings to hook up a new tank, and I'd be like, you know, oh, uh, I can save you know fifty dollars here, or I can save two hundred dollars there. But just by breaking it up, even with shipping, you know, you got to. It takes time that you got to, and this is what my evenings consisted of. You know, from 11 p.m. till three in the morning, it's <laughs> browsing sites and and comparing the price of the shopping list and and getting stuff. You know, and and it's like, okay, I saved five hundred dollars uh, by by you know those those couple of hours spent 
you know, just investigating. It's surprising what you'd, you'd save. And I'm like, all right, now I just paid myself $250 an hour by doing that. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, and, and that's where the bigger the size, you can uh, sometimes drive some, some good pricing. And it's, it's on everything. There are a few things that there's only one vendor. That's the only person you get it from. Take it or leave it. And it can be difficult. So you ended up uh, going with our, our, our fine sponsor, Blickman Engineering, right? BlickmanEngineering.com. Blickman with two N's, the people innovating your brew day. Yes. Uh, go check them out. Fine sponsor. have been sponsoring us for... for uh, Maybe five years. Five, 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 at least five years. Yeah. Uh, and, and Blickman and his crew, uh, fantastic guys. Uh, so go check them out. Send them an email telling you, tell them uh, how much you appreciate them uh taking care of your brew day all right so uh you you went with blickman engineering and uh you you got uh four 55 gallon uh kettles uh, what's the platform you've put it on is it uh, well Bl- blickman recommended uh stock pot stoves mm-hmm. they're ninety thousand btus oh, okay. each and um so it's it's a single tier it's not one stand it's it's just three stock pot uh ranges what are those run you Oh, four fifty mm-hmm. in in Sacramento. I was able to actually get them from a local restaurant supply, mm-hmm. oh, nice. and so there was no yeah. shipping involved. They just they just delivered them, mm-hmm. and so that was nice. Um, they hooked right up to the gas supply mm-hmm. uh, fairly easily, and um, then I have a fourth stand that uh, was just we built ourselves out of some of the leftover uh, s- uh, steel framing that we had for the fermentation boxes built up a fourth one just for the whirlpool vessel so it's at the same height as the rest of them looks nice um now it's the they're great kettles and i use them at home Mm -hmm. and i have been for for some time now and so actually my my confidence level with that particular uh arrangement was very high Mm -hmm. because i knew there's no surprises here really at least not on the on the kettles it's the same system it's just much much bigger volume yeah and uh and so that that helped to actually give me a lot of confidence going uh, into that system because I already had a lot of experience with that system and, of course, really good results. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, let's do this. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, I want to hear about uh, one, uh, a little bit more on, on uh, you know, your sequence of ordering your equipment. Uh, maybe you can speak a little bit to financing, things like that. And... Uh, you know, a little more in depth in that, and uh, we'll do that right after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant well thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The auto sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. 
More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're talking about uh, all the interesting uh, stuff that, that Ken's done to get get himself set up and and his great beers. He shared some beers with us, and, and those were bottled with a Blickman beer gun, huh? That's right. Yeah, I and uh, you were saying some of them were uh, a, a while ago that you, you brewed those and bottled those. and uh, No oxidation. Yeah, I didn't yeah. notice anything. And you were saying uh, you just go heavy on the CO2 when you're filling those things. And, yeah, I thought those were really good. Yeah. I wouldn't have... Uh, questioned any sort of date on them or anything now do you bottle most of your your product or do you keg it well, we haven't started bottling yet okay We're just kegging okay yeah. yeah hand bottling is just not viable for a brewery of any size i mean right. I, I know people who do it I'm just like you're insane unless it's a really expensive beer that you can charge a high premium for right the labor cost you always got to figure labor costs into things and i think people don't they yeah. just, you know, they're so passionate about it. They're willing to, to do it for free, and they don't realize that, you know, that needs to be charged for. I looked into a mobile bottler, because mm-hmm. that's, that's the obvious choice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their minimum number of cases to, to show up it uh-huh. exceeds my capacity at any one time. So, so I can't... Uh, I can't actually utilize a mobile bottler at this time. Oh. Uh, I said, "Well, I could." I said, "I could, uh, you know, line up a bunch of kegs," and they said, "No, we don't do that anymore." They said, "It's got to come off a of bright." I said, "Well, my bright tank's mm-hmm. three barrels," uh-huh. and so they said, oh, "Well, you know," he was very nice. Uh-huh. The gentleman I spoke with was very nice. He said, "Well, I definitely look forward to you know to, to doing business with you when you know when you've got the larger mm-hmm. you know seven mm-hmm. or or you know fifteen barrel." Here. Talking to Ron Gregerson, of course. Yeah, Ron is a super nice guy. Very nice uh, guy. You know, I think that one of the main reasons he's successful is because his customer service is, you know, bar none. He's very, uh, very open and you know, very honest and very, very fair. I think that really he, he runs his business uh, quite well. I think. Uh, all right, so you were um, setting up uh, your 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 Blickman gear. You went with uh, the four kettles, and you went. Uh, uh, on a on uh, the the stock pot the burners, stock pot burners yep. and uh, kind of in a horizontal row and and where'd you go from there and, and how's all that working for you what, what would you do differently or what describe or describe the rest of the setup and your your think your thought process in the setup and and the whole thing from chilling to to filling to fermenting to everything else well after my very first brew day I realized I needed a better uh, system for moving the wort mm-hmm. and and the water mm-hmm. and the the problem was is that you know i use uh more beer quick disconnects mm-hmm. on my uh silbrate hose uh on my on my home system mm-hmm. which are great one hand clips right on mm-hmm. yeah no problem uh tri clamp's a little different story okay tri clamp is you know two hands and when you've got big thick gloves on or if you're you know in a state of panic, uh, <laughs> tri clamps uh, are can be challenging. And they're one handed. You just gotta know how to do them. <laughs> right. I haven't learned yet. Yeah. So, uh, but I do use gravity to get mm-hmm. them to, to get them to lock on, mm-hmm. and then and I do it with, with I do get on with one hand, but I'm typically holding the hose with the other hand or whatever right. I'm trying exactly. to Exactly. So yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're so maybe I do know, but uh, <laughs> but they, they took a minute to get used to. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, so what I did was, uh, after the very first brew day, I placed an order 
for probably another uh, twelve or thirteen hundred dollars of of components. Mm-hmm. Got a bunch of three way valves. Got oh, a bunch okay. more um, some some ball valves for throttling. And what I did was I basically have every single hose. So I tripled probably the number of hoses I had, mm-hmm. and and Silbert's not cheap either. It's about mm-hmm. fourteen bucks a foot. But uh, I set up all the, every hose I have is set up at once, and then all I do is turn levers to move to move okay. the water to yep. move the product, yep. and it really made life mm-hmm. a lot easier. That was that was a you know uh, a big improvement mm-hmm. in the system. Mm-hmm. But uh, for you know the the four kettles is is because I do multi batch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would only have three if it was just a single batch. There would be mm-hmm. no need for the fourth. Um, but as soon as I'm done with the boil, I I transfer that over to the whirlpool vessel. It's mm-hmm. just a dedicated whirlpool vessel. Mm-hmm. Whirlpool it, let it settle out, and I start the transfer and the chill. For the chill, what I do is I actually have uh, two um, plate chillers, mm-hmm. and with a jumper going from the out of the first one to the end of the second one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, and on the initial uh, pass, I'm running just your your basic tap water through. And in the summer now, it's, it's about 85 degrees, believe it or not. Right. So it's right. very warm, so it's certainly not going to get you to pitch temperature. Right. So I run it through that, and that knocks me down to about 90, 95 degrees. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, I've got uh, two, uh, two cold water reservoirs sitting in my walk-in cooler oh, at about 35 degrees, and I've got a uh, sump pump in there, and I just run a loop. And yep. so I just run a loop through the second one. It doesn't have to actually work very hard because it's already coming in at probably 90, 95 degrees. And so I can actually get a pretty, pretty high flow rate mm-hmm. and transfer in at, you know, 65, 70 degrees. No problem. I can transfer in cooler if I want to. But, uh, but I usually bring it in about 65 degrees. Okay. Yeah. And since I multi-batch as well, I tend to bring the first two batches in a little colder. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't want to move the fermenter and change. I don't want to, you know, tear everything apart. I want to leave the system closed mm-hmm. and sanitary. And so I'll bring the first two batches in on, on the cool side. And then by the end of the day, with all that heat that's mm-hmm. in the brewery, mm-hmm. um, by the time I bring the third batch in, I bring it in uh, a little higher, a little more at pitch temp. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I pitch. Well, and now, how long is it taking you to fill a three-barrel fermenter from start to finish? Well, from from the time I fill the the hot liquor tank in the in the mash tun with with cold water mm-hmm. to the time i pitch the yeast mm-hmm. i've got it down to about probably about 11 hours mm-hmm. straight with mm-hmm. no breaks mm-hmm. um you know the setup wow. the setup before that's usually at least an hour or two mm-hmm. I, I always think i'm going to walk in turn the lights on and hit the burners <laughs> and it never works that way mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then you know cleanup's really important mm-hmm. um you leave a mess behind; it's a worse mess to clean up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. know, and you don't want to leave sticky uh, word on the floor either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. you don't want to invite any unwanted no, friends. No wonder in. your beers are nice and clean and well fermented. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, all told, I think that the the brew day typically is running in you know, sixteen to eighteen hours, mm. start to finish. Wow. Yeah. You know, and that and that uh, that's a gross of three barrels of of wort, about yeah. one hundred and eighty three. Three gallons, and then what do you what are you netting out of that? What's well, I get ninety five gallons out of that? Ninety five. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. What am I t- talking about? Yeah, um, <laughs> thirty one times three. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I get about ninety ninety three to ninety five gallons. Uh huh. And and what are you netting? You're netting that. Yeah, that's, out of that? yeah that's your it. net your net uh, fermented product after uh, dropping dry hops and. Right, uh, trube and trube and yeast and all that. Yeah. You you end up losing you know ten percent of your beer. How do those beer. plastic fermenters uh, work for you for dropping yeast and all that? Well, very well. Oh, good. So they they've got the standard size standard taper cone or is it a little shallow. I think it's fifty five degrees. Uh-huh. It's not it's not a sixty degree cone, but um, you know I have there's it's a two inch uh, female uh, mm-hmm. at the bottom, and okay. so I have a two inch female to to two inch or two inch male to two inch tri clamp and then i use a reducing elbow to one and a half and then i had then that puts me into my one and a half inch uh, butterfly valve okay and that's what i pull the yeast out of with you know, it works quite well and i have a i have a racking port off the side okay and then i've got uh on the top i've got a bulkhead um with a with a one and a half inch male to one and a half inch tri clamp where i put in my rotating 
uh, uh, CIP spray ball mm-hmm. so that I can clean and, and sanitize through the top. And then I use that same port after I'm done sanitizing, then I put on uh, my blow-off hose, which I found it tends to just want to blow out blow out of the lid anyway, because mm-hmm. those lids are not you can't you can't get a good seal on those. I see, okay, but you, you just screw them down nice and tight, and a little of the corrosion finds its way out. But I tend to clean that up right away. Uh huh. Cool. All right, let's take a short break. When we get back, we'll. Uh get into more of all this uh, interesting details on setting up your nanobrewery after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant well thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The auto sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. I-10, huh? Getting tired of that same old handcrafted beverages day after day? Are you looking for something with more diversity than your normal beer? Fellow BN Army member Michael Fairbrother, owner of Moonlight Meadery, is reviving an entire beverage category. Mead! The meads at Moonlight Meadery are all handcrafted from the finest honey on the market and are perfect for any occasion, like weddings, baby showers, or... Excuse me? Mead is not your average girly drink, mister, and Moonlight Meads can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere. Football games with the guys. Yeah. Barbecues with the guys. Yeah. Operating power tools with the guys. Yeah. Um, actually, sir, that's really dangerous. Good point, son. Next time you have something to celebrate or are just looking for a new tasting experience, pick up a bottle of mead from Moonlight Meadery. Now in 21 states, making over 60 varieties of mead from dry, semi-sweet to sweet. Break out of that craft beer low. Grab a bottle of Moonlight Mead. Can't find some? Then ask. No, make that demand some. Yeah! What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but the cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. 
When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're talking uh, great things in nano brewing here. All right, so uh, you were telling us about uh, your brew day and uh, and, and what your, your setup is now. Now, um, kind of walk us through, you know, the, the, the very beginning, the first brew, getting everything set up. I mean, uh, tell us more about your, you know, the actual implementation, going from... I've filled out my paperwork to now I'm selling beer. How did how did that how happen? How painful was it? Well, it's extremely painful. You know, there's and there's a really really big piece. I think it was extremely in, painful. <laughs> Adamandeve.com. No, no. <laughs> okay. I couldn't resist <laughs> the king of segways. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it, the, a, a big. Piece that, that that we didn't touch on. <laughs> Speaking of big pieces, <laughs> oh, it's a re- it's a really huge component. Uh, we, <laughs> we, uh, we we overlooked um, the marketing aspect of it, which was well before the first brew day. Uh, okay. There was a lot of marketing involved because you know there's really no sense in in you know purchasing pallets of grain and and uh, signing contracts for hops. And you know, ordering pitches of yeast and all these things before you know you've got customers, and okay. that's hard to do. Yeah. yeah, it's very very hard to do because you you you're trying to convince them that what you're what you're giving them now is what they're going to get later. Right, that's that's the challenge. So you were taking homebrew beer into uh, facilities and saying, "Here, try this. This is what I'm going to be have available in a couple months." Or precisely. Okay. But it's you know it's it's packaging, you know if yeah. you, you 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 if you bring it in looking like homebrew they're going to treat you like homebrew and there's nothing wrong with homebrew but when you're in when you're in a sales call, mm-hmm. right you don't want it to look or sound or smell or taste like homebrew. And again, homebrew is fabulous beer, but there's a there's an impression you walk in with a with a labelless bottle or some torn label bottle mm-hmm. with with no identity and you're saying you know this is my this is what I'm doing. It's going to be a t- going to be a harder sell. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, well before that, my friend Micah, uh, Micah Sager, who does outstanding artwork, um, he did our labels for us. And what he did was, is he got us into a format where the label itself is very, very 
explicitly states this is not for sale. Mm-hmm. Okay. You yeah. know, and then that way there's no issue of, oh, what are you, what are you doing? You haven't had label approval yet. Um, we got our labels, took uh, some Avery labels to Kinko's, mm-hmm. and on their color laser printer, just print off sheet after sheet after sheet out of labels, um, and then painstakingly cut those labels out with a mm-hmm. with a sharp blade and a straight edge. Mm-hmm. Um, paper cutters don't actually work as well with those, by the way. Uh, Fiskers, they have the sliding uh, cutter. Oh, those those, those yeah, work really those well. work really well. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but um, at any rate, you know, cutting my own labels, um, reclaiming bottles, cleaning them, sanitizing mm-hmm. them. The de- delabeling is a pain. My wife helped me with that. Mm-hmm. Um, getting the bottles ready, getting them clean, uh, getting them labeled, sanitized, filled. Uh, Use the beer gun to fill all of them, um, and it worked out well. To Nobody knew that pe- people said, people, a lot of people were kind of, well, wait, so you're open or you're not open? Mm-hmm. No. Well, we're not open yet. Well, then where did you get this beer? <laughs> I said, well, we're, we're brewing it on our pilot system. Oh, okay. Well, how did you bottle it? How are you getting bottling? I said, well, we bottle ourselves. Wow, this, you know, this tastes great. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of time spent, you know, I basically what I did was um, in my, my master spreadsheet, which um, I've got multiple copies uh, you know, and backup drives and, and things sure, of that yeah, nature. Yeah. Um, that master spreadsheet, I've got, you know, all the prospective accounts. You know, who are the targets? Who do I want to go talk to? Mm-hmm. And geographically, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's strategy to it. You have to, you have to look at your map, look at what's out there, who's out there, who do we want to talk to, where right. do we want to be? Right. And you basically need to create those relationships, go talk to those people. They're all people got to make make friends with them you know and then get get them to trust you get them to trust that what you're going to deliver when the rubber hits the road is what you've already given them mm. and um and it's a challenge to to, to convince people to, of that yeah but if you're bringing them a good product they have a little more faith in you i think yeah. but that friend making that must have sucked for you jamil huh <laughs> speaking about <laughs> sucking uh <clears throat> no um no, no, no. I, I, th- I think that uh, you know, um, you know that all that all makes sense, and and especially the the part about uh, you know looking and behaving professional and, yeah, and having definitely. a professional presentation, it makes a huge difference. And you go in dirty, stinky, with you know some flip top growler, and here, drink this. You're probably not going to do so well. I mean, it really is, um, you know. Right. Uh, people will judge your beer by, you know, the person that brings it in. So you need to be real careful about that. And, um, you know, uh, that, that whole sales thing, that's that's a that's a, a real chore. Yep. And don't be caught without a business card. Right, right. Oh, yeah. I still, I'm, I'm terrible at that. I do not carry business cards. People ask me all the time, I'm like, ah, I don't carry business cards. <laughs> <laughs> and then the business cards we have are still for the old address. I'm like, ah, I can't be bothered to make business cards like uh, get me on the internet <laughs> like if you can't remember our our business name then you can't look up my email address well you know we we also needed to build a fan base mm-hmm. um and let people know that we were coming mm-hmm. you know and that involved first first and foremost was setting up a website because in today's world I, i'm a firm believer that if you're doing anything in in any kind of business mm-hmm. if you yep. don't have the domain name mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get it mm-hmm because and that was you, the first thing I did. I got the domain. You got to have the domain, yeah. and I think most people will judge your right. level of of authenticity and your level of credibility mm-hmm. based on whether or not you own the domain. Yeah, right, that's true. You need you need your dom- domain name. You need to have a website. You need to have Facebook. You need to have Twitter. All of it. You need to have that because people want to know and they want to they want to look and they want to learn more. Right. And if you don't have that, then they're like, oh, that that seems kind of sketchy. You know, as soon as you, if you didn't have a building, that'd be fine. You know, I have a website. Oh my God. You know, they're fly by night. Well, and, you know, before you commit to any website or anything, you need to do your due diligence and find out that your name isn't going to come back and bite you. Mm-hmm. Right. And do right. your homework. You know, we, we have, uh, we have a trademark on mm-hmm. file with the, with the patent office. And in fact, I initiated that trademark. Uh, I believe it was a year ago. I want to say it might've been in August. Mm-hmm. Of last year so almost a year ago and it just got mm-hmm. finally published uh-huh. and it took that long and uh you know several hundreds of dollars but you know you've you've got to know your name is 
is going to be something that you can stick with Mm -hmm. because you don't want to go down the path very far and then have to change your name. Right. Right. And, uh, and then, you know, once, once I, I was very fairly confident that the name was, you know, something original and something that had no one else was doing, uh, then it was, you know, purchasing a domain name, setting up a, a website. Uh, we have, you know, devicebrewing.com mm-hmm. and we've got facebook.com slash devicebrewing. Mm-hmm. We've got at devicebrewing, you know, so we've, we've yeah. covered the bases yep. and, uh, and it was really good because when you give someone a business card and you've got those elements on there, it's amazing. You can, on your analytics, you can see if you've done a lot of marketing that day, you're going to see a lot of hits on your website that mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. You're going to see the traffic coming in. You're going right. to see the referrers. Where did it come from? Was it in a lot of it's direct? Well, uh, 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 one thing about, uh, you know, if you're going to be self-distributing and you were talking about geographic, looking at, at the region and, you know, the area and, and having a plan for it, one of the most important things is can you deliver beer to all of these people in, uh, you know, in a good pattern? Or are you bouncing all around, you know, one way over here, one way over there? And you want to be able to do, okay, we can deliver this area on this day, this area on this day, you know, pick up our empties, things like that. If you don't plan that out, uh, your labor costs on, on delivery becomes e- extremely high. And that's uh, one of the things, one of the ways that distributors actually make their money is by being smart about delivering and doing it efficiently and effectively. And that's a big part of where they make their profit because there's the the amount of money that the distributors charge for distribution really just kind of balances out what you do when you self-distribute because you can't do it as as efficient as they Uh, can you're not distributing a bunch of different brands right you know so you're just running out there so it's a break even but the distributors actually make a big profit on it because they're efficient at it that's the big difference so you want to like Ken saying, be cognizant of where you're setting up accounts and, you know, how you're going to get to those accounts repeatedly. Because if you can't service those accounts, they're not going to pour your beer. They'll pour it once, and if they have trouble, you know, right. keeping that right. handle, uh, keeping that shelf space, just dries up instantly if you're not there. Got to keep going back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is going there and saying hi. <laughs> yeah. So have you done um, any other, uh, like... Uh, pouring nights some of your accounts and so on not yet we're going to do um a couple coming the first weekend in september okay. in sacramento i've got actually three in a row uh three nights in a row that'll be that'll be a long weekend but yeah. uh, but a fun one and i'm really looking forward to it and uh you know it's it, this this business is very interesting and i'm just learning a lot of these things um for the first time but sure. but it's a very small community when you get right down to it Mm-hmm. Everybody seems to know everybody. Yeah, it doesn't take very long, and you've kind of covered your area's beer scene. Mm-hmm. Even if you think your area is huge and has you know a million people, mm-hmm. you get to, you're right down to the beer scene, and you start to see a lot of the same faces and a lot of the key people. And uh, it's good to get to know all those people. Uh, collect their you know get their business cards, mm-hmm. keep them because you, you're going to need to you're going to need to call somebody. And don't screw anybody over because eventually it'll come back around where you need that person. That's right. And make friends with your with your neighbor brewers. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a brewery nearby me, and when I met them for the first time, it's, hey, it's good good to see you guys. You know, let's let's do this let's do this together. Let's make good beer. Let's let's keep Sacramento's beer scene growing and thriving. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't look at them as competitors. I look at them as allies mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think I think we're we're stronger. You know, as a unified uh, community, mm-hmm. rather than as as competitors that are battling it out, mm-hmm. there's no reason to. Mm-hmm. There's there's plenty of drinkers out there. There's plenty of beer to be poured. There's plenty of room. We just need to uh, promote the the community and the culture mm-hmm. of the craft beer uh, industry. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, I think Sacramento is is on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're moving very quickly as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and. Uh I'll tell you who else is moving quickly as well. Uh, Adam and Eve. <laughs> uh, see, I had the perfect one earlier. Now I gave you the up and up. Yeah, up yeah. and up. I I, I thought about so that for one. For a situation like, yeah. well in hand, moving. Yes, well in hand. If you want to have have your situation well in hand, <laughs> check out AdamandEve.com. They've got th- tens of thousands of items to help you get your situation well in hand. 
Uh, and for a limited time only, if you use the offer code Jamil, J-A-M-I-L, my name, you can get uh, 50% off just about any one of those item, those thousands of items. And they'll give you a choice of three free adult DVDs. You can choose from categories like anal, Asian, amateur, uh, big breasts, big butts, uh, chunky, ABC, what? Yeah. You're doing alphabetical <laughs> order. TTB. TTB, ABC. <laughs> right, right. ABV, IBU. They got them all. And, uh, you know, anything that uh, tickles your fancy, they probably got a DVD for it. So uh, check it out. You get to choose. You know, it's not just they're sending you the junk from the bottom of the bin. They actually get to choose from quite a few DVDs. And then uh, you get a free extra gift. So essential. Only John and I talk about it in private. And uh, free shipping on the whole thing. So one item, 50% off, and their pricing is pretty good. So 50% off that item. They just want to get you as a, a first-time customer. They know you're going to keep coming back. And then uh, you get all this other stuff for free, the DVDs, the extra gift, the free shipping, and uh, all at adamandeve.com. They even have a mobile site, so you can do it on your phone while you're you're perving out on the subway. Uh, adamandeve.com. Go check them out today. All right, let's uh, take our last break, and then when we come back, we'll wrap up with a, a little bit more and some questions from the chat after this. BN Army, HopTech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. HopTech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of whole leaf hops. And HopTech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's Nottingham and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeved shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. That's it. I'm putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber special secret elite bare bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzkrankstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My father, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha acid. <laughs> yes, J.P. Gore, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Blickman's with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. 
I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit AustinHomebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. We're talking uh, uh, the device brewing uh, nano setup. And uh, Ken's been sharing with us uh, a lot of the interesting stuff that's happened. And uh, and if you're listening live, stay tuned. We're going to talk about uh, everything he would have done differently. Regrets. Uh, all while his wounds are nice and fresh. Only one show for that? I'll tell you what, what, what not to do. <laughs> it's only yeah. an hour. I know. It, we, it could, we could go long. Could go a couple hours on that one. Depends how much crying there is. You know, we, we got to wait for him to like catch his breath and start talking again. I think it's weeping at this point. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't have the strength to really cry. It's more just like mur- murmuring and tears <laughs> oozing out slowly. Yes. Do we have questions from the chat room? We do. Uh, from the dark side, uh, did Ken enter into hop contracts before opening? Um, or formulating his recipes using readily available hops? I love that question. Um, you know, my, my goal was to stay away from the hard-to-get hops, okay. but it's near impossible to, to completely stay away from them. Um, well, but, and other hops are becoming hard-to-get. All of a sudden, like Cascades, no, you got a contract, Cascades, we're out. Centennial, oh, we're out. Chinook, oh, we're out. Everything. Wow. Yeah, it's tough. Um, yes, I do have a hop contract. Yes, I did enter into my hop contract um, quite a while ago. Um, but I actually contracted with the hops that I knew I wanted to use after I'd you know, uh, finalized my recipes. I was happy with the recipes. Um, I even contracted for hops that are considered readily available mm-hmm. because you never know what's going right. to become popular. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and contracted with the hops that I knew I wanted. Um, the hardest part really was was how much to contract because now you've got to project, well, how much am I going to need next year? How much am I going to need the following year? <laughs> that was the hardest part. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, either one, either one of two things is going to happen. Either I'm going to be setting up an online store for selling <laughs> <laughs> Simcoe <laughs> by the pound, or I'm going to be uh, spot purchasing mm-hmm. uh, hops that I need. Uh, chances of me hitting it, uh, the nail on the head is going to be slim to none. Mm-hmm. Username wants to know, how do you clean and sanitize your plastic fermenters? That's a good question. You got to, you know, you use, you use the, the typical chemicals is what I use. Um, uh, I use an alkaline cleaner. Uh, it's uh, PBW by, by Five Star. Yep. yep. Uh, I use that on, uh, uh, on a loop with a, with a spray ball. I have a very nice pump. Uh, that I've purchased from CPU Systems. Um, it's a very nice pump. It pushes a lot of fluid. 
and I can get a really, really uh, high-pressure spray going on in there. <laughs> and uh, at any rate, uh, the the uh, the cleaning loop is, is is the PBW. That's for the heavy soil. And then I come back in with uh, with an acid clean, and then uh, and then finish it off with a with some sandy clean. Uh, Mile High Brewer asks, uh, did you can get your uh, TTB and ABC permits before ordering your equipment? You know, you can apply for them. They'll tell you that they won't give them to you until you're ready to brew. That they can see the equipment and see that you're ready to to actually start brewing. They don't want somebody setting up like a shell company that isn't really going to brew. The feds won't bother looking, um, but uh, the ABC will, at least in California. And they want to actually see the equipment there. That's what I was told, and that's what I've seen every time. Tim, what was your experience? Well, my experience was that um, that I got the ball rolling with the TTB and the ABC well before purchasing equipment. And well before meaning? A uh, well, couple months. Couple but months. you got the ball rolling, right. but did you actually have your permit assigned, issued before the equipment? <laughs> did the ABC come and check out your spot? No, shaking no. his head. Huh. Well, yeah. Yes, they know. did. <laughs> um yeah they're 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 supposed to um do a field check on every brewery still in california yeah it's probably they they probably are going to yeah i i wouldn't be surprised yeah uh, but you know i i've done everything above board mm-hmm. and um so yeah you told they, them you were you know whether they came out and did it that's that's their business right right but uh um usually what they'll do is they'll say Oh, tell us when you think you're about two weeks away from brewing, and we'll come out and we'll look. They'll come out and they they check to see that you have posted your notice. They check the surrounding area to see if it's as you described, and then they come back to see that the equipment is there like you described, and then they uh, did they they, did the notice. They did come out to verify that I'd posted my notice, mm-hmm. and they did a they did a, they looked around the area to see that that, that it was as I described it. Um, they probably looked at my size and my capacity and said, <laughs> they said this, you know, this, this isn't a shell space. This mm-hmm. the guy's got you know, 1600 square feet, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, I'm sure they'll be out mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. One last question also from Mile High Brewer. What is the minimum number of cases for a mobile bottler roughly? I believe it was 180. Yeah. Something around that. And uh, 180 of bombers is uh, 12 barrels, I think. What What about funding? Uh, that's you know my that's where my Jewish mind immediately goes. Like, you know, <laughs> friends and that's what I would do, right? Friends and family. You know, mm-hmm. what right. other options for people that go? Well, I would love to, but you don't you know, go to I'm your not... bar mitzvah money, right? Yeah, all of my uh, savings bonds. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, what do you do? I mean, you know, you need 50 grand. What do you do? Well, you know, it was uh, it was a combination of um, of cash on hand, and uh, as well as good credit. And um, you know, I've definitely opened up a couple of you know eighteen months uh, zero interest uh, credit lines and things like that. Um, and we've had a lot of investor interest. We've had a lot of people who have said, you know, what? How much do you need? We'll we'll fill out a check. Let's let's do this. I want I want a part of this. And the problem is, they want too big a part. Well, that's the thing, and my my wife and I have really been very, um, pre- pretty steadfast on our position with that, and that this is a small small arrangement. We believe that we can do it um, without bringing on investors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are launching a Kickstarter. Uh, in, in fact, we may be launching tonight, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know that's really the and point. What, and what's the Kickstarter going to do for you? What do you? What do you expect to get out of it? How? What's What's it going to? Uh, how much does Kickstarter uh, uh, Kickstarter take of of that cut? Well, what's they take cut and all that. Yeah, you know, I forget offhand. I believe it's five percent, mm-hmm. and then Amazon Payments, which processes, takes I believe three to three and a half percent, and then uh, the IRS will treat it as income. Mm. So you will pay income tax on the on mm-hmm. the full deal, mm-hmm. and you got to pay for the the rewards, mm-hmm. and in some cases, shipping. And what are the rewards you're going to offer with your Kickstarter? Well, it's everything as simple as, uh, as a couple of coasters or some pint glasses mm-hmm. uh, or a growler, um, mm-hmm. uh, T-shirts, things like that, all the way up to, you know, we'll throw a party 
um, with the you know a catered party with food and drinks. Uh, you can there's a, a level where you can hang with us on a brew day for as long or as little as you like. I wouldn't expect anyone to hang for eighteen hours. That's right. um, and uh, we we're going to have a wall of fame in our brewery. Um, what exactly that wall of fame looks like, we haven't really decided on the design of it, but it's going to be it's going to be a tribute to all the people, friends, family, brewers, um, everybody who has really helped us because we've gotten a lot of help. Mm-hmm. And you asked, what is the Kickstarter going to go to? Um, f- frankly, now that we're in production, mm-hmm. um, when we actually when we shot our video, mm-hmm. we hadn't started production; we were still building out, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, we didn't realize at that time really how long a brew day was going to take. Mm-hmm. And we, I, I, I ran a timeline out based on what I was doing on my pilot system. I tried to figure it as close as I could, but just like everything else, you just don't know until you start. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as much as I love my system, uh, multi-batching on it is very challenging. It makes for a very long day. Mm-hmm. So our, our primary goal is to, get, um, is to get a three-barrel system so we can fill those three-barrel fermenters in, in one brew. Mm-hmm. And then there's, mm-hmm. we need more kegs. Uh, mm-hmm. we, need, we need a van or a truck to deliver them. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So, what it's what do people do to find it? You just search Kickstarter for device brewing, or yeah, if you went to, to Kickstarter dot com and searched, um, even search brewery, um, all the breweries will come up. Uh, if you search device brewing on Kickstarter, you'd you'd find us very very surely. Mm-hmm. Cool. And what's your website? Devicebrewing dot com. There you go. All right. Any cool. more questions? No, that's it. Thanks to our chatters. All right, great. Another great show, and like I said, if you're listening live, stay tuned. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna make Ken cry here and, and have him recount uh, all the horrors of uh, of what he did wrong and, and what he'd do differently. And uh, it'll be great advice for you if you're considering uh, opening up your own nano. So stay tuned for that. If you're enjoying uh, this kind of program, uh, blame it on BlickmanEngineering.com. Blickman with two ends. Uh, our fine sponsor. Tell them that you appreciate that they pay for this show so you don't have to. Check out adamandeve.com. And check out the Brewing Network store. There's lots of goodies there. There's hats, shirts, uh, the uh, the uh, really cool double wall stainless steel growlers. All sorts of goodies there. When you buy those things, the profit goes straight to the bottom line on the Brewing Network. Really helps out keeping the shows on the air. So uh, check that out today. BrewingNetwork.com slash store. Until then, uh, brew strong, everybody. Brew strong. Brew strong.